Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sheer Clarity. I am looking forward to today's topic because I get to be vulnerable. What is vulnerability? Why do you need it? Oh, my God. It's that touchy-feely stuff. Here it comes one more time. And speaking of touchy-feely, I would love to introduce my producer, (laughs) Matthew Passy. I'm not sure what you're implying there, but I feel very vulnerable. (laughs) You should, because that's what we're talking about this topic. For the listeners, if you've been following us, you know where this fits and where it's coming from. And for those of you who might be tuning in just right here, right now, because you looked at the title and said, wow, I really want to know more about vulnerability, which I doubt, by the way. But (laughs) (laughs) just in case, this is part of this three-legged model that I have that's the basis of sheer clarity. It's trust and honesty and appropriate vulnerability. And today we're going to talk about appropriate vulnerability. We actually broke it down into a couple of episodes. I think we're doing three episodes. Today, I just want to introduce the topic. I want to talk about it. It's an interesting topic because I'm talking about it in the light of business. I'm talking about it in business leaders. I'm talking about it in CEOs and senior executives. And I got to tell you, we're advanced in many categories, but in this one, not so much. Talking about vulnerability is still difficult. People misinterpret it. People get hung up on it. And people are still growing up and being trained. You got to be tough and you don't let them see the tears in your eyes, all that good stuff. There's more vulnerability on display today than at any time in history of displaying vulnerability. But nevertheless, it's still one of those topics. So I want to talk about what it is today. Why would you even want to know about it and do something with it? Then on the next episode, We'll start breaking it down like, okay, how do you do it? What is it really when I'm doing it? How do I get vulnerable? And how do I know what's the right kind of vulnerability? I use the term appropriate vulnerability. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We were parsing words and he said, well, give me an example of appropriate vulnerability. I said, well, let's say you're the CEO and you are confronting a situation in the company. It's a huge and monumental issue, and it could be life-threatening to the whole organization, and you actually have no clue what's the right thing to do. You probably wouldn't go out and have a town hall, sit in your stool, look in the camera and go, well, I know we're facing this big issue, but here's the truth. I have no idea what we're doing. You wouldn't do that. He goes, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. But the third episode that we talked about in doing this would be to have a discussion about vulnerability as how do I encourage it in others? How do I set a stage where people can do that? So what exactly am I talking about, really? Let's define it this way. We have a culture in business that we are in leadership and we should know what we're doing. We have also been raised in a culture where toughness is celebrated. We may be losing some of that, but in the end, we're all about high performance 
and we're all about making things happen and we're all about not showing our vulnerabilities, which is maybe we don't know about it. There was a study that was done in this whole topic, and I think we'll have an article posted on the website about it, where upwards of 44% of leaders have said, I don't have a problem with appropriate levels of vulnerability. But there was still another 40% who came point blank and said, no way. I'm not doing it. I don't see the need for it. I don't want to make it happen. But what I know is, from my pure experience, vulnerability is you allowing yourself to be seen, heard, felt, and understood in a way which lets people have a chance to capture a glimpse of your heart. So I'll say it again, in my terminology of vulnerability, it's opening myself to the degree that people can see and sense, feel, and have a window into my heart. In what way? In my heart being broken, in my heart being hurt, in my life not going according to plan. In other words, I have stories and examples in my life which actually showed my vulnerability. I am fragile. I can be wounded. I can be hurt. That is true for every single human. And I don't care how badass you are and how big and tough and tall. By the way, this toughness thing, it sort of gets stronger the closer you get to Wall Street. Like we eat each other's children for barbecue on the weekends. That's how tough we are, right? (laughs) But what it is, is it's allowing yourself to be seen wholly as a human. And when a heart is open, it allows and encourages an opening of another heart. In that space, we are both in a moment where we could be hurt. How so? Somebody can be dismissive of your vulnerability and say, grow up, you big baby. Someone could actually not care. Like I just told you part of my story and a part of my life and you were busy texting. But what happens is when people are in these intimate moments where there's a moment shared at the heart and your heart is open, it can be seen, it can be felt. That is the core foundation of where trust is built. We talked about trust way back in the earlier episodes. Trust is a fundamental characteristic of your character. Are you a caring person? Does this person care about me? You can go back and look at those episodes when we talked about competency and character, but trust is always built first and foremost at the heart where I have a sense that you gave me a chance to see you in a state where you could have been hurt. I could take advantage of you. I could not pay attention. I could be insensitive, and I wasn't. And now that relational capital is in the bank. I held that space for you. You held the space for me. That starts the creation of the connection that only comes when we're vulnerable. We don't have the answers. We have a weakness. We're unclear. We're unsure. We've been hurt. We've been wounded. Brene Brown, who is one of my favorite authors, I think we mentioned her up there on the website at some place from a prior episode. She's a researcher on this topic of vulnerability. And she has done an amazing body of work, and now her life is spent as the expert on it. I remember her saying something one time in one of her TED Talks, which is kind of the why of vulnerability from a corporate speak perspective. She was talking about 
how after her first talk about vulnerability went down and became a smash hit on the TED Talks, the second time around, she said, I kept getting invited to come to do like Fortune 1000 presentations. We want to talk about creativity. We want to talk about innovation. But if you could, could we avoid this vulnerability topic? <laughs> you know, it's, everybody wanted her in and then instructed her to talk about the safe stuff, not the hard stuff. And her quote on the video is something like, I'm here to tell you that vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity and innovation. Without being able to fail, without being able to make a mistake, without being able to criticize an idea or have your idea criticized, we don't get the innovation and creativity that we're searching for. By nature, you have to be vulnerability. Vulnerability is a characteristic of idea generation, innovation, and creativity. Why do you think those Fortune 1000s were trying to avoid it? Well, just culturally. I mean, we were set up to be rough and tumble and hard. And like I said, we're a capital system. It emanates from Wall Street. It's all about the numbers. It's all about EBITDA. It's all about multiples. It's all about stock price. And we have to sort of squeeze out any emotion and get to the facts, get to the data, show me the numbers. Truth is, behind the scenes, there are a thousand relationships happening, even if it's with a venture capital person or an M&A person. I mean, they're hard. They're tough. I've seen them. I've heard them. I've sat in boardrooms with 40 people in the room, investment bankers lining the walls, lawyers over there, CPAs over there, auditors over there, McKinsey, Booz Allen, intensely driving a huge financial transaction. But in the end, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, it's just a bunch of humans and they're trying to figure out how to make money, how to bring shareholder value. And when I watch leaders lead, especially the CEOs in these environments, they have to go forward facing into that boardroom environment, into that investor community. They have to have their act together. They're frequently getting attacked for a thousand different reasons. They can't show vulnerability in that case. Can't show weakness. They'll eat you alive. So that's the spirit that you feel in it. And I think it carries on throughout our lives and our organizations. Why is it so appropriate then to be able to display vulnerability, especially at the top, not just because of the quote that you said before, like that's where creativity lies, but what happens when you are able to truly be vulnerable with yourself, with your team, with your company? What happens is you've opened the door for the conversations about what's really going on. It becomes safe. In other words, we don't necessarily know every answer to every question. We don't have everything figured out. We are struggling. And when you don't know, if you don't have the feeling that you can say it, that it's safe to say it, what's your option? They go fake it. They dance. They come up with bullshit. It's crazy. I watch it all the time. I'm running a business, and if the CEO lets that go down and the CEO hasn't demonstrated it's okay to be honest with each other, it's okay not to know, that doesn't mean you're going to start crying and get me a box of Kleenex. I don't know how to fix the problem. No, you're going to say, I don't know. Let's get together on this. That fundamental kind of vulnerability releases energy. It allows us to be honest and to figure stuff out. And it's safe to do so. 
And that's when the ideas can flow. That's when the feedback can flow. That's when we can have real conversations. What isn't working? I'm not afraid to actually show up and speak the truth of what's going on. We may have had a failure. We failed. Well, in some places, that's the ultimate vulnerability. You could never admit you failed. And most of the things that we're running around using today in technology only came as a result of multiple failures, one right after the other. You can't learn anything without failure. There's nothing to learn from doing it right the first time. Absolutely. I heard a great phrase early in my career when I had my first tech company orientation and exposure, and the term fail fast was used. Fail fast. Let's go. Rock it. Let's go. Boom. Oh, fail. Okay, next. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And in that business, there's always somebody else who's trying to win the race. So we got to just work 24-7. You hear the legends of people sleeping at their workstations, da 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 But in the end, they're still just humans. And in the end, we don't often have the answers we need. And we have to go figure it out. And you have to be okay with that. But when I look at people who want to examine this topic, if you can get in touch with your own vulnerability, like what is it that makes you afraid? What is your trigger? Even people with super high dominance, I mean, I'm one of them. So I'm an autonomous guy. I'm a confident guy. I'm a daring guy. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't have all those attributes. And there's wonderful things that go with it. But if I was honest with you, and my wife would tell you this, somewhere underneath there is a little four-year-old, five-year-old needy little child who basically just was feeling disconnected from a lot of things. I didn't get what was happening in the playground. I wasn't part of the little league. I didn't feel connected. I didn't feel my first connection until I was like 16 when I met my first wife. No one ever knew that. No one ever saw that. And even to this day, there are people who love me. I mean, they do. And I'm just waking up to how much that is true, but I never allow myself to feel it. Well, what is that? That's one of my core vulnerabilities. I can be easily disconnected or feeling alone and what have you. Now I know about it and I can confess it. I tell the story, but it took me a while to be in touch with what that was. And how did I get in touch with that? Well, I don't know if I told the audience about my experience with my first wife passing away from ovarian cancer and then meeting my current wife, Mary. There was an enormous amount of vulnerability in that moment, gaping, epic holes in my heart. I didn't know what to do. And then I met this incredible woman, and then now I'm married to her 15 years. That first couple of years was painfully vulnerable. I had to discard my old ideas of what relationship was. I had to relearn certain elements about love. I had to relearn loving a whole different person. And that whole experience sort of sent me back to my days of abandonment and feeling alone and not fitting and being disconnected. That's vulnerability 101, 201, 301 in a nutshell. Well, and I guess we're going to get to how do you begin to let yourself be vulnerable? How do you begin to identify that vulnerability? How do you come to accept that vulnerability in next week's episode? Bada bing. <laughs> so with that, we will thank you for joining us on this episode of Sheer Clarity. And once again, if you have not 
please go to sheerclarity.com. You'll find show notes, a way to subscribe to the podcast, and ways to connect with us on social media, and a host of other incredible resources that will help you gain sheer clarity as you strive to become the consummate leader by attraction. That's what we're looking to do here, folks, is to help you be a better leader. Again, all that is at sheerclarity.com. He's J. Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we will see you next week on Sheer Clarity. Sheer Clarity.